1: Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, Rosterwatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Rosterwatch Nation, welcome back. To the Epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, here, of course, with Byron Lambert. A quick reminder before we get into the podcast I wanted to thank those of you, I think there were five of you. Since I complained last week about the lack of new ratings and reviews in iTunes that have gone in and given us those, we certainly appreciate it. Um, I guess I shouldn't say iTunes, now it's Apple Podcasts. If you like the podcast, if you want us to keep doing it during this very busy time of the off season, and especially as we get into in-season redraft stuff, please make sure and go and give us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever it is you listen, that is how you let us know that you appreciate this and would like to keep us on a good schedule with getting them out, hopefully uh, one to two per week. Also, a quick reminder, our pro memberships are available at rosterwatch.com. It's cheaper than a cheap cup of coffee. That is the best way to support the podcast, to support your boys here at Roster Watch, and to make sure that you're up to date with all of the most important off-season news, notes, and unfiltered, uncensored, unfettered access that we're going to provide you through our maniacal travels and travails. Uh, We just got done undertaking for the pro days that we will be undertaking an even more grandiose fashion for the uh, 2018 Roster Watch Training Camp Tour. With all that said, Byron, how the hell are we going to kick this thing off?
1: Well, I got some really interesting best ball questions for you today. And then, of course, uh, I have nearly completed the the final evaluations of, of the uh, quarterbacks in this class. I'm uh, really excited about this quarterback class and... I'm very comfortable with the amount of tape and how i've graded each of these guys so definitely ripe to talk about uh any of that and um you know i wanted to make sure that we mention a very special member of roster watch nation who invited us out to his pizza joint out in los angeles a few weeks ago i know we were talking about how wonderful usc pro day was while we're out there i wanted to make sure uh we talked a little bit about that today because I I love the idea of doing pods out on location with Roster Watch Nation, Alex.
0: Well, is it is, isn't there somebody who was going to take us? We need to make a trip up to like Jets and Giants training camps this year because there was a guy that said he'd take us out on his boat up there by New Jersey or something like that. Maybe we can go for some stripers or maybe some wicked some wicked awesome tuna.
1: Oh, that's Tom Pasquale up in like New Hampshire. I've got his email earmarked.
0: Okay, all oh, right. On my computer, okay. I look so, at
1: it regularly. If I remember correctly.
0: <laughs> you even remember his name. That's he awesome. He says
1: it's prime fluke fishing season up there uh, that time of year. What is, what is fluke? I'm not sure, but I, it sounds like table fare, and pretty sure it's maniacal.
0: Well, it, uh, I'm always looking to expand my vocabulary and my experience as a fisherman uh, going out for fluke with uh, Mr. Pasquale. What did you say? Mr. Pasquale? I think it's something Tom like Pasquale. Tommaselli. That sure sounds like a sure, sure sounds like a plan. Who is the pizza? Do you want to talk about the pizza guy later, or do you just want to give him a plug here? At you the know, what, if I
1: had to guess what a fluke was, wouldn't you guess it's some kind of flounder type of fish?
0: Kind of. I mean, I kind of thought it was maybe like some kind of cod. That's kind of what I thought, but I don't know. I fi- I f- I picture. I whenever I think of a fluke, I think of it. I think I think of it having really flaky meat, and maybe that's just because it has an F and L and a K in it.
1: It hey, could be, man. Just some good whitefish is never bad. Um, yeah, so it was Barrett Randall. He's a longtime listener of the channel and of uh this podcast and our radio show on Sirius XN. And of course, he's been a longtime subscriber. <clears throat> I think back since year one as a pro subscriber for roster watching. Yeah, so he knew we were coming out to USC USC Pro Day. Actually, he had reached out when I was out in California during at training camps last August and uh, he knows that Mike Band lives out there at Venice Beach these days. He's been asking for us to just swing by and hit up some of his pizza at his joint Rocco's. It's like a neighborhood pizza joint kind of between, I think it's kind of like between USC and Beverly Hills or between USC and Venice Beach where uh, Band is living. So it's a pretty cool area, huge lunch crowd. But anyways, it was the best calzone I'd ever have had in my, in my whole life and he had a rocking business over there. And We certainly would tell anybody that's ever in the Los Angeles area to go uh, patronize a fellow member of Roster Watch Nation, Barrett Randall's joint, Uh, Rocco's, was awesome. Um, They had these pizza fries that they were real fat boy, but they were real good with this IPA that he brought me. That was it was nice. So I know.
0: Hey, hey. So is this cal? What makes a good calzone? Is it one of these ones that is kind of where the? It's just like a. slice cuz I've I've had calzones two different ways and we don't get much good Italian food down here in Texas. But the calzones that I've had is it like the pizza is it cuz there's some that are like a square piece of pizza where it's sort of flopped over on two sides, right? And then there are the kinds that look more like an actual kind of like a long donut you know like those longer donuts look except they're filled up with like pizza stuff which which kind is this or is it a i mean or is it or is there a different kind that i don't know i think you can
1: easily start getting confused and the borders can become (laughs) the borders can become (laughs) blurred with maybe things like stromboli I feel oh, like this Stromboli. one was more square. Okay, okay. I feel like this one was more square. It was sausage, spinach, just the right amount of cheese, and the crust was amazing. I don't know, just the whole thing together was definitely. I'm not bullshitting either because this, just because uh, this was a member roster watch nation. Like I'm serious. I destroyed this Cal this Calzone over at Rocco so you guys should do the same he told he told me that he's won many a leagues with the sickness of all the cheat sheets at rosterwatch.com uh, he gets maniacal every Tuesday with the waiver wire cheat sheet during the season he says that's the thing that just keeps him afloat and sends him to the playoffs every that's year what, and
0: that's what supercharges it man <laughs> that's what like we like we like we give you, like we start you out with a pretty good pretty good system you know functional engine All the right moving parts. Everything is square and with a good foundation. But that thing gets supercharged through the waiver wire cheat sheet weekly. (laughs) That's just that's how you that's how you win.
1: Yeah, and and he also, of course, he loves the draft cheat sheet. You know, that's the thing that a big driver of his his subscription as well. But he told he did he did have to bust uh, my onions a tiny bit while we were up there though. He said the one the one year that he got hurt pretty bad. And he
0: did, did he take Todd Gurley too said, early because we were a year early He said on? he
1: had too much Cordero Patterson. And no. I could do nothing no. but crack up about that, of course, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, part, of the, that's well, part of the story. We used to say
0: that, we, 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 we used to say that there's never too much Cordero Patterson. We'll see how things uh, work out with him. It, now, it, let's see if Cordero Patterson gets a, gets a some sort of Super Bowl championship ring as a New England Patriot. Barrett's
1: really cool. He met his wife, Angie who's actually my – that's the same name as my grandmother, so I love that name. And so anyways, she's Canadian, and they had some some diabolical sports bet somewhere along the line when they'd first met. And the outcome of that, it was on a hockey. It was on a hockey – I think it was on like the uh, NHL finals. And that resulted and manifested in love and marriage for them, which was really cool. And so Barrett knows that we've come full circle and only – only suck down these Miller lights these days. And he, he, uh, he, he made a pitch to me that there was definitely an IPA he had to give me there at his restaurant. That was only one of these like 4.8% IPAs and that, uh, had to have it with the pizza and the calzone and the pizza fries and everything out there. And of course that was a, uh, an awesome choice because it, it, you know what i still love the taste of an ipa it's crisp it's clean i just can't be drinking those six percenters these days i feel fuzzy in the afternoon after just a few sips with my lunch man but uh that yeah,
0: that, yeah that's why you don't drink <laughs> don't drink in the afternoon
1: hard right hard thi- <laughs> hard hard thing not to do in this world my man hey yeah. you know last but not least we'll get on here but that reminds me from the last pod there was a question about beer and I know one of the cool things from being around the different parts of the country are like, you know, like we said, we've come full circle. We just drink Miller Lights these days. But we've had our
0: t- I'll also, I'll also <laughs> time. Ba- I love drink that Shiner. you said
1: Shiner because truly it is still one of the greatest. And, you know, one of these more commercially manufactured beers, it still is one of the greatest. And the thing about Shiner that it's amazing with barbecue. And that's why it's a, it's oh, a yeah. quintessential yep. Central Texas beer. It's because it has a tiny bit. It's light on the front. But it's got a tiny bit of a sweet finish, which I don't typically like, but that's usually very nice with the su- And that smoky smokiness. pecan
0: wood kind of, yeah, yeah for sure.
1: It's a good match, but it is worth mentioning just because we do have vast knowledge of the Texas beer scene that for any of you guys that are listening nationwide or internationally, if you're looking to expand your beer horizons, you could probably get most of this stuff where you're at. Or if you are in Texas, I, I do want to give some recommendations here. The, the best... You can't go wrong with anything that's out of the Carbach Brewery in Houston. That's K A R B A C H. They have a Hopadillo. They have, I mean, they have an IPA. They have, I love a good pale ale because, like I said earlier, the IPAs are too high in alcohol content. You can usually get a pale ale with a similar flavor down closer to that 5% kind of Mendoza line for me on an afternoon these days. And uh, so Carbock, you'll always want that. That's number one. That's the number one craft brewery in Texas. Number two is probably a tie between Deep Ellum Brewery in Dallas where you can get a Dallas Blonde. Uh, it, it, it's amazing as well as uh, their IPAs are awesome too. And then you've got Austin Beer Works in Austin Alex. You've had a million of those. You've had Peacemakers. You've had Pearl Is that the Pearl, pearl Snaps, snaps stuff? If you want yeah. your – IPA, you get a Fire Eagle. They they have magical ones like the Carl that are seasonal. Anything from Austin Beer Works is incredible. And then I'd probably round it out with the Roar Brewery from Fort Worth. Excellent. Anything that's R A H R. And then Oasis Brewery right there out of Lake Travis. Boy, the slow ride. IPA out of Oasis or the Luquesa Lager; those are two life-changing beers, and that's yeah. The Lucasa is really good are, too. Those are, that, that's the Oasis Brewery right there, at Lake Travis,
0: right, right over, right over here in my new hood. Yeah. Okay, so that's the good beer talk, and then also, just we should probably mention um, as far as beers. I know it's not Texas, but if you get out just east of here, the Abita. And you can get a abita anywhere, and the abita purple haze is just so so money. Um, I'll always get that anytime we go to Louisiana or anytime we're in Mississippi. Uh, one one andy right,
1: gator so, will put you under, man.
0: Oh, and then the andy gator. Well, what is that? A doppelbach, doppelbach or whatever. I think it's just like double the alcohol. It reminds me of one, one of that that these means.
1: like Belgian, you know, monkish kind of nine percenters.
0: Yeah, it'll get you. It'll get you feeling nice. It'll get you feeling nice and woolly. Okay, so we have the best ball cheat sheet now available at rosterwatch.com. Version two point four is up right now for MFL tens and for the draft app. Um, we're going to talk about that because I'm needing right now to make an update to two point five following the. Uh, Brandon Cooks news. By the way, Byron, we haven't talked about that before. Let's so let's talk about Brandon Cooks, and then we'll get into your quarterback rankings, and then we'll uh, go over some of these best ball points that you wanted to go to. But just what do you think about Brandon Cooks to the Rams? I mean, from a football perspective, and then from a fantasy perspective. Well, he
1: was the very top item on my best ball talk talking point list for today, so this is a good way to dive in. Les Snead is on fire. You know, like we said, ultimately his medal will be tested in the build and then the rebuild. We haven't gotten to see that yet. Quite out of sneed. He's in the he's rising, ascending like the Phoenix out there in Los Angeles right now. I, I think it's an amazing move. I mean, you guys know that have listened to this podcast that we we're huge fans of Sammy Watkins, but I told you live from Rams training camp last year that in fantasy i didn't like him as anything more than a wide receiver five or maybe a wide receiver four and that we were basically hands off and it was all about the golden son of cooper cup for roster watch nation hey by the way alex aren't we thrilled that we didn't let the trash man swindle us into zay jones becoming the golden son of roster watch nation
0: oh god i am so glad yes Zay Jones was still a golden son. He still is. He we we might have to, we might have to. What is? Can a parent divorce a son? We might have to do whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, you put I him up know. for
1: adoption. You just uh, say I you can't take care of this kid anymore. Yeah, it's like I'm you did sure with can your still dog, a, right? You just took I, him. Uh, you one day you took your dog that was acting no good anymore, and you just went and dropped him off somewhere. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that sounds cruel. I'd like, to, I'd like to say what it was. It was my dachshund, and yes, it wasn't like I went and dropped him off somewhere. I took him to a no-kill shelter where he immediately got taken home by an old lady to lived by herself. But no, it was like my dog, and he was like a son to me. But the fact is, once you have an actual kid, it's like that dog is no longer a son to you. That dog becomes a goddamn dog, and when that goddamn dog like try, gets woolly and actually lunges and tries to bite your daughter in the face... You say, you're getting the fuck out of here, dog. I don't care if I, like, I I would have taken him to a kill shelter. Like, not that I, you know, not that I would have wanted to, but that's the only place that I could have taken him. To where I just needed him out of my house. That's what I would have done. But but yeah, I mean sometimes you you have these golden sons that are your golden children that you just got to get rid of because circumstances change and circumstances certainly have changed They changed the minute Zay Jones took his pants off and walked into that hallway. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> anyways, we've been hands. We were pretty much hands off Sammy Watkins just as a fantasy player last year, and then immediately postseason in preparations for the Senior Bowl and the combine and beyond, you know, when analyzing the Rams roster, it was just very clear, you know, I know this Rams wanted to keep him because they didn't trade a second round pick for nothing, but it was just really clear that Sammy Watkins was going to be a guy that was a really tough player to make a priority with their finances as they're projecting towards the future. And that the simple fact was with the the personnel on that team and the the construction of that offense, Sammy Watkins was just a a kind of a a peripheral piece for that ordeal, a a little bit of overkill, and I don't think he was worth more than one game on the win loss record to that team uh, as they looked forward. And so I love this move for Brandon Cooks. Um, You know, they paid a a, they paid they paid a they well just from from a football perspective,
0: right? From football, they
1: paid a they obviously you know paid a premium you know form with a a first round pick but this is a guy that I I think they're going to get to hold on to at a more palatable price uh with the salary cap and he fits the role that they're really looking for as well if not better than Sammy Watkins I I I like I like Brandon Cooks at least as much as Sammy Watkins on this team from a personnel standpoint in the NFL and also from a fantasy perspective Uh, this is less need putting in a comparable player uh, that that's a good fit and what's going to be more of a palatable price that I believe he can keep long-term so I I love it I, I love it I mean you this is a Brandon Cooks Robert Woods Cooper Cup Tyler Higbee Gerald Everett Todd Gurley Jared Goff Sean McVay new school young kid offense it's badass and uh you know, Lesney's made the big signings, but he's also made some big cuts this offseason. So we'll be very interested to, to see how that goes. And, you know, maybe we want to save this later for the pod, Alex. But, you know, the, the opposite side of of this is, you know, with Amendola gone, with Cooks gone, what does this thing start to shape up well, well, like in well, New Wait, England? wait,
0: wait. No, no. I'm not done talking about this. Because I think that this hurts Brandon Cooks, clearly. Don't you?
1: I mean, like I said, he's probably no more than like a fantasy wide receiver four to me.
0: That's that's extremely and so for the, average, for the average for the average player will be
1: a fantasy, and the average player will view him as like a fantasy wide receiver two or three, and he'll end he'll yep. end up being a wide receiver three, you know, at best. So at best,
0: so so at this point, it's like he was a guy who we were taking at least in best ball, you know, above. Uh, we were taking him above Allen Robinson and Stephon Diggs. Now you can't do that anymore because even in best ball, you know that he's not connected to Tom Brady anymore. You know that he's not, you know, the number one option there anymore. Uh, and last year, I don't, th- I don't think that Brandon Cooks was really even that good last year. Well,
1: neither did Tom Brady you- or Bill Belichick
0: right but i but still when you look at it in PPR he was still wide receiver 15 he averaged 13.7 points per game the deal was it was just the you know that average it wasn't supported by a median there were a couple of the, there was the 30.1 pointer versus Houston in week 3 there was the 26.9 pointer versus uh Oakland i believe that one was in uh Mexico City and that was comp- That was one that we had completely locked down on all of our DFS contests. The week after that, uh, 21.4 versus Miami. But then you have Buffalo, 4.2. At Miami, a 4.8. You know, this isn't PPR. Like, a 4.5-pointer, pointer, a 6.2-pointer, a 3.4-pointer, a 7.2-pointer, a 6.3-pointer. Like, it was up and down for him. But in best ball, we don't mind because we have, like, seven of these wideouts. We have up to nine of these wideouts. We only need three, right? Yes. Now... You have he's he's gone from that. If he's moving into the same role that Sammy Watkins was in, you know that that's not a primary read in that offense. I wonder how those if those reads are going to change, whether it's going to bite into how much it's going to bite into Robert Woods' t- target share. I don't see it biting in too much to Cooper Cup's target share, but everybody's going to get their bit into some because he's going to get targeted more than Sammy Watkins was last year. Because as you said earlier, Sammy Watkins came in late. There was no chemistry there being developed. Jared Goff and Brandon Cooks were throwing the football together even before this trade occurred. So uh, it, you got to think that maybe Jared Goff kind of told told McVay and Snead like, "Hey, man, like if he's available, let's get him. Um, I like him." So
1: uh, well, I, Brandon Cooks is a sick I th- player. Think of the deals that Mike Evans signed from this same draft class. Think of the deal that Odell Beckham is trying to sign. Look at the money that Sammy Watkins just. He got is looking at getting moving forward. So I think they have a player that's maybe not quite on near tier, but a very good player that's still young and has a lot of tread on the tires. That's was, just coming was, into his own.
0: Was Brandon Cooks in that draft class or the one after?
1: I'm almost sure it was the 14 draft mm-hmm. class. Am I wrong?
0: It was the St. Uh, Brandon Cooks NFL draft. It seems like he was the year after. Was he in the class? Yeah, because Odell, people there, some Evans of the, and... the
1: donks were debating whether it, whether he or Odell Beckham was the better prospect that year. And we it just was. Said that. That the was
0: 2014 NFL cockamamie.
1: draft. Yeah, so, yeah, I actually, you know, Sammy, Sammy Watkins had the eight touchdowns last year and I, I believe maybe has the opportunity to run some routes that we won't see as much out of Brandon Cooks. But uh, I expect Cooks to have more receptions and more yards than Watkins did last year. Like I said, I, I view it as a potentially a slight upgrade for all purposes. Um, with Brandon Cooks or at least comparables, but that's not good. I mean, Sammy Watkins had 600 yards and eight touchdowns on 39 receptions last year. Even I, I would say a good season out of Brandon Cooks right now would be 800 yards, eight touchdowns, and 60 receptions. I, I mean, wide receiver three, yeah. yeah. In, in Which, if, All if right. you're good so... players like us, you're gonna have, your wide receiver four is gonna be. That's what you and that want. It's right? going to be at least that good.
0: So, we, so Brandon Cooks dude, Brandon Cooks needs to be, I think, Brandon Cooks needs to be below the Alshon Jeffries, the Detroit guys like the Marvin Jones, the Golden Tates, the Josh Gordons, the Devin the, does? I think he needs to be below Des Bryant. Does he need to be below Jul, Sammy Watkins?
1: I'd say so. Sammy Watkins is going to be a more of a focal point.
0: In, in Kansas City, do you think he needs to be below Julian Edelman?
1: Yeah, I'd have to say so.
0: Do you think he needs to? Well, all right, well then, what? A, so does this mean, like, and now Robert Woods and?
1: Well, that's the Cooper question: Cups is where does this converge at ADP on the other guys? Because you know the way this is going to go for me. I mean, of course, Cooper Cup is one of my most golden children, but I I loved what I saw at Robert Woods at training camp last year, and we were onto that a little bit. So I'm always going to say, who's the guy that I can get? At the lowest ADP here, and we know that the public's going to stay high on higher on Brandon Cooks, but the way you're talking, our internal ADPs, this thing is coming very close to a convergence
0: Very point. close now. So I'm thinking that maybe I've just put him below Edelman, and that would have on the cheat sheet Cooks and Woods back-to-back. And Cooper Cup just down there a little bit lower I with think the Wilfords, the Michael Crabtree's.
1: I don't mind a little bit okay. of exposure at value to Brandon Cooks. I just— that's not a bad player to have on your fantasy player and plug in any given week when Todd Gurley's bringing any of We're not going to get any of
0: them. If we bring it down this far, we're not going to get any of well, them. But I don't mind getting any of them because here's the thing, I like still having I like still having Jared Goff built into this thing a little bit higher and I worry a little bit about what they've done on that team defensively. They brought in the Dominican and Sue. I mean, Aaron Donald is going to be playing his ass off for his contract. I think that that defense is going to be better, right? I mean, they've brought in all kinds of sick pieces for that defense. It's going to be better. And you just wonder if this is going to be a Todd Gurley, run it down their throat, game script kind of thing with some – uh, normal regression coming the way of the passing game, you know, and that worries me a little bit about Brandon Cooks and worries me a little bit about golf. With that being said, the other side of the coin about golf is that. I I like all these players. I like Brandon Cooks. I like Robert Woods. I like Cooper Cup. I want all of them. But now that Brandon Cooks is there, I feel like it's going to be biting too much into the target shares of all these guys to where I feel like probably the best way to get my exposure to all of them and not have to take a gamble if it's going to be a Higby or if it's going to be a a Gerald Everett that steps up as the primary tight end option in year two and not have to worry about the fact that, you know, Todd Gurley, is he going to stay stay the centerpiece of even that receiving offense? You know, I can lock in all the Todd Gurley receiving by having Jared Goff. So I am not going to be down on Jared Goff. I'm going to keep him still where we kind of have him in a spot where we're getting a whole lot of exposure. Um, So, yeah, that's the way that I feel about these Rams. Do you want to talk about your quarterbacks before we get into the – the new England side of the best ball implications, or do you want to just go over that and then no, get, into, get your into your quarterbacks
1: is Jared Goff. We're, we've always been big fans of Jared Goff and it's a good transition to the quarterbacks. Cause there's a lot of similarity between the Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, you know, even Marcus Mariota, James Winston, uh class with this year's class. I'll tell you guys what I am. I am personally enamored with this quarterback class it's a very good class. It's one I'm ex- extraordinarily excited about. It's been a real pleasure breaking these quarterbacks down um, thoroughly. So, you know, I, I'd say a good way to characterize it, Alex, when looking back since we've we began our travails with roster watching for Roster Watch Nation, scouting our fantasy teams 365 days a year. You know, there's no Andrew Luck in this class, but I'd argue that this is like the 2014 class on a megadose of steroids. And that was the class with Manziel and Bortles and Carr and Bridgewater. So we were talking about depth of quality talent in that quarterback class. And I'd also say you could, you know, I we referenced Goff earlier because I think he'd he he'd he'd be an interesting he'd be an interesting comparison with this group, and I say that because it this this class it very much has the depth of that fourteenth class uh, two thousand fourteen class, but it has more of the top end sizzle and top end talent that the fifteen and sixteen drafts had with Winston and Mariota at one and two. And with Carson Wentz and the aforementioned, you know, Jared Goff, there at at one and two, and you know I, I I think we have to give last year's class another year to be seen because, of course, Patrick Mahomes is one of the absolute most exciting narratives of the 2018 season. You guys know that we feel confident that Mitch Trubisky will take another step, and of course, you you guys know how much we've always loved Deshaun Watson as the, as, a, as a sick man with the Midas touch on the football field. So I don't want to compare to last year's class yet, but could, very much could be similarities to last year's class. Last year's class looks like it has the potential to have three very solid young quarterbacks. And uh, we have every bit of that opportunity with this class. And I, I, I'm excited is when you look on a whole – what an infusion of young talent at the quarterback position the NFL's gotten over the last few years, and um, it's it's exciting what the college game is doing to prepare these kids. This this is not happening by accident.
0: You can't complain. You can't complain about the quarterback play soon. I mean, it's almost like. I mean, it's almost like it was the first time I can remember. Wherever like Mike Florio says, it's like. The the like the music stopped and there were some of these guys like AJ McCarron still didn't have his ass a chair, you know. Like it was it was really in free agency or when's and just in general when's the last time that we saw a guy that is considered a franchise quarterback find free agency find himself on the open market? You know, it just it doesn't happen right. Like right now there are there are better quarterbacks there are younger quarterbacks that are coming in I know everybody always talks about how it's a league there aren't even enough good quarterbacks in this league to play for all the teams and that's still kind of true but it's becoming less and less true and these are good prospects that are coming up especially the top
1: yeah five. so and you know everybody talks about the NFL being a copycat league I'll definitely want to get to how the college game is a copycat league here in a second and and why I do think they're preparing these uh kids well um, you know, but I did mention there is no Andrew Luck in this class. And what what I mean by that is I just like I did with the running backs t- this year, I developed uh, the most extensive quarterback model I ever have in my evaluations of quarterbacks. So we can map this thing more thoroughly than ever before. And, you know, and if you were going to score like close to 100% on this scale, that would be, you know, essentially John Elway. Coming out of Stanford, something of that ilk, right, or close to that, kind of like it would be Jim Brown scoring 100 percent on the running back model. That's kind of that's the that's the, the the peak of the mountain. I don't think we don't have that this year. I mean, Andrew Luck wasn't even that, but he was close to that, right? The, pretty close, we, pretty man. close to that. So we don't have that this year, but we got a lot.
0: Whenever he dude, you forget he tested like Cam Newton at the combine. Yeah, I mean, he really did. Yeah, so we but, don't
1: get that, right. but you don't need that. You don't have to be that to turn out to be a good pro bowl even super bowl winning quarterback in this league and what i've seen what i see are our first fi- our five first round grades i see five round one worthy quarterbacks i see five guys who actually were asked to do a lot of the same stuff in college uh, to run their respective offenses in their respective passing games And I see guys that all put defenses in a bind. These are all guys that are that grade grade out very very well, and all have the. I mean, these are all quarterbacks that have the. I mean, you start thinking about Blake Bortles at going number four and a Teddy Bridgewater's and the Manziel's. I mean, these guys are so much better than that. It's not even funny. And uh, I guess so. The way this turned out with my model, Alex, is I, and this is on a, an extensive scale, so I was surprised to see it came this close, but I can see why teams are having so much trouble at the top. I really do think this thing's going to go quarterback one, two, three at the top of the draft. Um I know we're seeing people mock Josh Allen right now. Mayock, uh, McShay, and Kuyper, I think, all have Josh Allen going at either one or two. And so with my model, surprisingly, I got literally a virtual tie between Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen. Um, and then Lamar Jackson came in just a, really only a hair or two behind those guys. I don't personally see how he gets out of the first round Uh, You know, we've been seeing in the media uh, these last few days that there's talks that within NFL circles, Lamar Jackson's draft stock is on fire right now. And I think back to when I questioned John Schneider at the NFL Combine about what the hell was going on with Lamar Jackson. And he really – he really kind of dodged my question i think i think back now and i believe somebody like john schneider was being coy because he's known all along that lamar jackson is a sick first round pick that even if you're a team later in the first round you've got you're going to have to consider taking this guy for a multitude of reasons and and like i said he was asked to do pretty much the same thing as these other quarterbacks were asked to do um and he, he passed those tests with flying colors, Alex. It's not really the, any of the on-field stuff that we have too many questions about uh, with Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, I'd like to... Dude, he was the, he's a
0: Heisman Trophy winner, just like Baker Mayfield. He was the best player in the country for that year. And he's unbelievably fast. He has a great arm. You've seen him make big throw after big throw. Have you seen him miss throws? Yeah. But he's a great, he's a, he's a, he's a great player. None of these guys are perfect. Lamar Jackson's a great player. He's gonna go to the Cardinals. He's gonna go in the top fifteen. He's gonna go to the Cardinals. I mean, I
1: just don't see how Steve Kime could pass on that opportunity to there's just no other I mean he's a, he's whether you hit or you miss it's a calculated decision and he's an absolute potential game changer. Steve Kimes I would never t- I would never take Josh Allen over Steve, Lamar Jackson. Steve never. Steve Kimes job is on the line. He's in a brutal division with against three really studly young quarterbacks. Take he's the got, quarterback. He's got, buy yourself this, some this, time. This, this, that's how you buy the time. Could, you say, look. Yeah. This,
0: it could be the, that's how you buy the it time. It could be the
1: nuclear option that gets him right back in the race instantly, right? If you get a Lamar Jackson. And even if you
0: don't, it buys you the time. You could say, look, you haven't even given me time to let my quarterback develop. You
1: get him in there with a David Johnson in their primes, it would be a- absolutely oh. spectacular. So I I'd, I'd like to kind of talk about. You mentioned you take Lamar Jackson over Josh Allen. I can understand that sentiment. With as much as I like Lamar Jackson, but I want to talk a little bit about why I understand that these mocks of Josh Allen at one or two. Why that? Why? Why he ended up in a virtual tie with the three other guys that I absolutely love uh, in well, the. What models. is the
0: What is the actual ranking? I'll t- I'll tell you my rankings on those five. It goes Baker Mayfield. It goes Sam Darnold. And those two, it's basically like it's pretty close. It might as well be a tie. But Mayfield, Darnold, Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm what, kind how of a, do they, how I'm do they how do they of, how
0: do they rank in yours? Well,
1: so I mean, if you want to go strictly by the output, but again, this is a, literally a virtual time, and the output would be Josh uh, Josh Allen, Darnold tied at one, Rosen at two, and Mayfield at three. But there's literally no. I mean, Mayfield at four, but there's no separation statistically. That would be just the absolute outcome of the model. It's Like I said, it's a virtual tie. And my my ranks are going to take into account some of the things that I know. So kind of as projecting what I thought you'd tell me, which is exactly what you did, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson's not far off the mark. He's just very, it's like I said, a hair or two behind these other guys. So I'm assuming that what you just stated is Likely to be our ranking, but you know, again, it's like we've said with this year's running back class or last year's running back class, you're going to have a guy ranked at like five that you absolutely love, right? It's not, it's, it's, it's not a um, indictment sure, right. on sure. the talent. But let, let's talk about this. So, just a few things I really noticed from breaking down all of the tape this year with these guys is that, as I mentioned, they're all I mean, they're all pretty much asked the same to do the same things, a lot of the same things and here's here's what they have in common and that that they are all able to do is that they every one of them is able to read a defense they've all they've all shown the ability to do that every one of them is able to locate the hot route or the quick hitter immediately every one of them is able to locate the single coverage when necessary, and they're all able to extend the play in the passing game as well as be a threat uh, with their mobility in in the running game, or at least picking up important yards at critical times. So this is something that you see they're they're all capable of doing. Now it it surprises me when you watch the college now the college defenses some of them disguise some disguise some blitzes and things of this nature and some different fronts, but primarily and I I was really surprised to see that this that the defenses were they're playing these guys all the same it's essentially some some nickel defense some dime defense some big shell with much less of a pass rush than you would expect up front and so essentially what every one of these guys is doing is they're either they're, they're all faced with a similar set of decisions on almost every passing play and None of them are inclined to take off the, with the run immediately. They all know that that's they've got that as a as a safety valve and some kind of one-on-one against the linebacker if they need and they all recognize that they've got plenty of time uh to 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 throw the ball. So you you see them you see them oftentimes uh recognize the pressure, hit the check down. You see oftentimes them extend the play and locate the guy in single coverage. Down the field for the big play. Uh, a lot of times they'll recognize that you know maybe this is a uh, uh, a nickel defense and they're going to have to hit a, hit a guy like on a quick hitter on on maybe just a uh, a you know a five or six yard slant or hitch play or something before he gets into the teeth of the defensive backs. And so you really see all five quarterbacks: Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, all all execute those responsibilities quite well, um, across the game tape. Uh, so that was really, really impressive. I see guys who are guys who are, you know, at least like Jared Goff, you know, at least going to be able to play by year two, even if it takes a year of kind of adjusting out of the spread as it might more for guys like, uh, Mayfield, um, Darnold to an extent. I know that people say Lamar Jackson was a pro style offense. You know he showed a he, Lamar Jackson is in four four wideout sets constantly from the shotgun. There's some elements there, but he he his offense isn't too too dissimilar to what they're doing at USC and what they're doing at OU. What I where I saw the differences are with Josh Allen and Josh Rosen. Uh, for me, these guys are are both more like Carson Wentz in terms of being NFL ready. I'm more confident that they can come in and call run plays in an NFL offense from day one. And, you know, we'll see how good they can be, but I believe they can contribute in year one or at least be at least more functional players potentially in in year one. Uh, And what you see with guys like with Josh Allen and Josh Rosen out of uh, Wyoming and UCLA is you see guys who have more experience taking snaps under center, taking drops under center. You see guys who have more experience in two wide receiver sets. So they're getting in this 21 personnel, sometimes 22 personnel, sometimes, you know, and they're in, in 12 personnel as well. They're used to having tight ends on the field and being a little bit uh, tighter formations. You absolutely see better footwork in the pocket and especially out from under center with Josh Allen and Josh Rosen, these guys are, these are guys that know what, what they're doing in that scenario. It's very obvious. And the other, well, I, I don't, I, I don't think
0: that Josh, I I don't think that Josh Allen necessarily always knows what he's doing. And I think his college, I think coach, what coach Colt, what's his coach's name? God damn it. The Wyoming coach. He used to be Wentz's coach too. You know, I forget his name, but I, even he said that. That he said that that guy needs to that guy needs to figure out that his that that is that his feet are connected to the route, and so I think personally that from what I saw, maybe you know I know you probably watched more tape on him than I've watched on him, but I from just from the Senior Bowl, from the Combine, from everything that I've seen, I don't put I don't I personally in my rankings I think that the. Um, I think that Josh Rosen, I think he has a better understanding of the way that his feet are connected to the route than Josh Allen does. I think Josh Allen. Still well, has you could to argue
1: that. I just, I think if you, Josh Allen has much better NFL style drops and footwork at, from under center and out of the shotgun in the pocket and in his drops than these other guys do. I mean, to me, it's pretty clear. Somebody like Baker Mayfield definitely still has. More work on his footwork. But nonetheless, the whole point of that has got to result in accuracy, which we can talk about that with these guys uh, here in a second. But uh, the other thing you see clearly out of jo- Josh Rosen and Josh Allen, and, and again, I see it even more with Josh Allen, is these are guys who far more often get to their second and even third read. You rarely see Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson will get to his second read sometimes. He's usually a one-read guy, rarely more than two. Uh Darnold, to some extent, Mayfield, you'll see maybe a second read. You rarely see him to get to his third read. So I feel that Josh Allen and Josh Rosen from their tape, you see him more often happen to make multiple reads in their passing progressions, which indicates to me that they're a, a, a bit more ready to uh, take snaps uh, here in the NFL uh, right away, and 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 the other thing is they have more experience in the play action passing game. Everybody, all of these guys can run the read offense and maybe accomplish some of the same things on a on a, you know a fake read in the passing game. But uh, you see Josh Rosen, you see Josh Allen run a lot of traditional play action passing, NFL style passing in their offenses. They just put they put stuff on tape that you know. NFL coaches are going to like. And so I get, I know there's a lot of people out there that hate on Josh Allen, but after I spent a lot of time watching his tape, I could absolutely understand why it is that the NFL coaches are compelled and uh, potentially very, very intrigued by his skill set. And then, you know, of course, you know, the thing with Josh Allen is, you know, where he gets big scores is God just doesn't make many of them like that. You know, he gets his, his scores for size and arm strength. And even, you know, and he's quite athletic for that size are just, they're, they're truly, truly exceptional, you know? And, uh, you know, the, for me, the way I break the tie personally, uh, with the model is that I rank him the lowest of that group because I put the most weight on accuracy. And of course, that's where we know that Josh Allen has struggled, but I'll make the same argument for Josh Allen I'll make for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's, act, I you know, Lamar Jackson, he, he was a sub 60% guy. He had terrible fucking wide receivers that did him absolutely no favors. And I saw Lamar Jackson, a guy that, maybe he wasn't always consistently as accurate as you want, but he certainly has the ability for precision NFL passing and pinpoint placement when the time calls upon it. And, you know, I've seen that out of Josh Allen on tape, too. And, you know, we saw some inaccuracy, of course, at, at the Senior Bowl, but we saw that improve during the week. We saw a good performance in the game. Um,
0: we saw – I'm not sure that we saw it gradually improve. I think we saw it at times look better. I thought
1: Josh Allen but improved to- every day at the Senior Bowl. Uh, you can go back and listen to our podcast then, and I, I said the same thing there. And, look, the thing at the NFL Combine is – you and I said it in there is that of all those guys, Josh Rosen was the most inaccurate of the guys. In, in, yeah, the, I mean, he was off. Of, he off, was off. Of the guys yeah. in the combine. So Rosen doesn't get hit the highest accuracy scores for me either. His footwork, that footwork being connected to the timing of the routes and being NFL ready and just – more comparable what you see in the NFL, that didn't necessarily result. I mean, look, we've got to talk about the, everybody wants to hate on Josh Allen is sub, sub 60% down to 50. Was it 56, 57% Lamar?
0: 56, 56, La, one year, 56.3. The, La, the Lamar year. Jackson,
1: a sub 60% guy. Most of the time, Josh Rosen, 60% on the nose. Now those guys did throw it. Obviously, with more volume. But, you know...
0: Baker Mayfield, over yeah, 70% the last two you years. You know, but you,
1: you can also go back and, you know, go look...
0: Number one in passing rating out on, under pressure and,
1: per and right football now, focus if, the last if, three if, if years. If I had to rank, I'd probably put Baker Mayfield at my number one, even though I think Darnold will go number one. J- just based on... You know, look, we have... I've seen Baker Mayfield excel with flying colors through every step of the process. I feel like we. Have-
0: yeah, people need to realize that we're bringing you this information, having scouted every single one of these players live. I just. We're not just talking right. We're not just talking about the tape. Like we've been to their workouts, pro days, senior bowls, uh com- combine inside Lucas Oil, watching all this private workouts. So we've seen a bunch of these guys. But to me, I mean, we still come away with different. You know different takes because to me it's it's easily Mayfield and Darnold at the top. I don't consider Josh Allen in that same range, but I know that there have been things that you've seen in other quarterbacks that I necessarily haven't seen. I just I don't see I don't see it in Josh Allen and you can just watch back some of these games and I know it was just his junior year, but that Nebraska game is just brutal to watch. I think he did get better in his in his in his senior season. He didn't have a single I don't think he had a single game with more than 2 picks. I mean all I mean Josh
1: the fact is if you watch the bulk of the tape, I mean you just there's things that are going to compel and thrill NFL types. There's a lot to like about Josh Allen and the accuracy it's not great. It hadn't been as good as you'd like. And it's a red flag, which puts him like I said, I'm going to break the models ties and put him at the bottom of that heap from for myself personally. And and I, I figured that as a consensus, we'd probably end up with Lamar Jackson right there or over Allen. But that's not a knock because I think all these guys should go in the top 15 of the draft. And I think any of them could turn out to be a Pro Bowl or Super Bowl uh winning quarterback. That's the type of player we're talking about here. And look, you know, I heard it earlier. You can go back and look at Drew Brees had 20 interceptions in his last year at Purdue. Brett Favre's statistics were god awful uh coming out. Dan Marino threw some fucking insane amount of interceptions in college and in his 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 final season. So, you know, not all of these things are perfectly predictive of the way it's going to go in the NFL, and I try really hard not to stat scout or look at too much of that when I'm doing any of this. I'll use it at the end to kind of verify in my processes some of those things. But I gave Josh Rosen, I gave Josh Allen, and I gave Lamar Jackson all a little bump. I, I, I'm not going to kill them for their, any of their any of those guys on their accuracy. I, they're all NFL right. I'm, I'm surprised you say that you have Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold on a tier – I guess I'm not surprised by it but out on a tier outside of Josh Rosen I would have thought maybe you'd have all those three together and then had put Josh Allen. I like
0: those two I like those two guys the best man. I just really like them best. I've tried to get Josh Rosen up in that same tier, I just can't. I like Josh Rosen much better than I like Josh Allen. And I'm looking here at Drew Brees's uh um, college stats. He that the twenty interception year was his sophomore year. He only had twelve in his junior and his senior years. But what's interesting in looking at this, both those years, sixty percent completion guy, sixty point eight and sixty point four. You would have figured he would have been a lot, more, a lot better than that. But to me, it just goes to show how what a what a tremendous years Baker Mayfield has had under un, under two different head coaches as 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 well. And I know that I know that Kingsbury was there, you know, as an offensive coordinator. Uh, even while, um, you know, even while uh, Stoops was still there, but I, I mean, Baker Mayfield, he's just he, he was he was always so good, always so clutch in college. Just you know, being down here in the Big Twelve, always seeing him. I've been a big you know big 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 fan of his. He comes from the high school right out here by my house, Lake Travis, and um, they they crank out really really good quarterbacks there. And, uh, look, man. Every step of the process Baker Mayfield has impressed me and I I just I don't have any reason not not to make him number 1 on my yeah, on I'm, my list. I'm, I think accuracy and touch is the most important and I think he has the best accuracy and the best touch and I think he's going to come in and I think he's smart. I think he loves ball. I think he's going to come in and he's going to pick things up. He's going to get it and people are going to rally around him.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think just, he's, he, put, know, he puts de- defenses in a bind at every turn. I mean, all these guys do, but Baker Mayfield really does on every play. And I, I'm with you. I mean, he, he's going to have a little more of a transition like a golf out of the spread. But I do think ba- Mayfield, because of his mobility and just his, just his competence on the football field, could play in year one. And I, I'm with you. I mean, if I got to split all the hairs, a lo- at the end, a, a lot of these decisions by – scouts and by the teams and everybody else in this business comes down to the simply the amount of information you have on each of these individuals and it's a very very close call uh it's not an indictment on any of them i think there's five excellent first round quarterbacks here um but in the end mayfield's the guy we probably know know the most about we've been around the most like alex City's has impressed us at every step of the process it just it comes easy to him and I like his uh competitive spirit. So he'll probably be our number one. Uh, we you know, we from what from all of our intelligence and from all of our travels believe Sam Darnold will more than likely be the number one uh pick there for Cleveland. But I absolutely think in Josh Rosen and Josh Allen, there's t I know pe- teams are gonna like them, and those are two very, very good picks. And I will not be surprised in the least if you turn back in five years and it turns out one of those guys was uh the best of the group nor nor would i say that um for Lamar Jackson who I, I had i just didn't know much as as much about him earlier in the draft process and i mean this guy does everything these other players are asked to do and he does them quite well and absolutely deserves to go in the first round and i think any any team that needs a quarterback that passes on Lamar Jackson after that first half of the first round is a uh, complete totally completely cockamamie. cockamamie Alex and the last thing I too I'd want to say about Josh Allen and Joss Rosen I was mentioning their preparedness for the NFL and the more of the NFL style offenses they've come out of the other thing that they had more experience with uh was they have more experience throwing NFL style routes so there's quite a bit there that they that instantly projects for scouts, from for those two as being able to come in and play in day one, but I'm with.
0: Uh, and what do we know about? And, and what we, And but but you're with what? I'm sorry. Well, I I'm going to I'm gonna
1: say off. I'm with you. Baker Mayfield, the number one, going likely to be my number one in this class, and then with Sam Darnold, I just think he's the he is the easiest, simplest, most dummy-proof projection of the whole group, and uh, a right rightful. Rightful, uh, if he's the number one pick in the draft,
0: and what do we know about Mayock, about Kyper, about McShay? They talk to scouts, they talk to NFL teams. If all these guys have Josh Allen going number one, maybe they know something that we don't know about what. I think that's a great. That's a great point. You know what I mean? Like they all, like they all talk to teams, and they all have him number one overall. So I think that that you know, just I mean, so we should probably tap the brakes on all the Josh Allen hate, or at least I should. I just, to me, I just, I have a hard time getting that he, senior bowl week out of a, my head. He's
1: it's- a sick prospect, man. So, I mean, if I look yeah. back, I mean, these guys, where would, where would Mariota, where would Goff, where would Wentz, where would all these guys rank? Where would Trubisky, Mahomes, Watson? These are all comparable NFL quarterback prospects. And a lot of them are looking like they're going to be pretty damn good. So, very exciting class for the NFL. A lot of NFL fans who are going to have the opportunity to be uh, inspired about the future of their franchise just in, what, just a few weeks here, Alex?
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited. We'll be broadcasting live from the NFL draft. Your voice from Roster Watch breaking down pick-by-pick for you from the NFL Draft on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Very excited about that. Make sure that you tune in. Um, We'll keep you up to date on Twitter, at Rosterwatch. And, again, if you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast, we'd like to ask you, please do it. The more ratings, the more reviews that we get, the more often we will do the show. The less we get, we're not going to do it as as much because there's no advertising here. We're doing this because we want you guys to engage with us as hosts. We want to know that you're enjoying it. We want to know that you're getting the kind of content from us that we hope you are. And the only way that we know you are is if you give us ratings and reviews and Apple podcasts. All right, Byron, so um, did you want to get to the, uh, just a couple things as my son here is starting to wake up and I got to get to over to Texas football practice uh, and get him dropped off with his mom. What do you think... About the, so I, I had, Malcolm Mitchell wasn't even on the best ball cheat sheet. So I had to go ahead and get him on here in version 2.5. What does the Brandon Cooks leaving, and also the fact that Danny Madola's left, where does this have, or not where does this have, but where does this sort of leave Julian Edelman and Chris Hogan and these guys? Because there's a lot of targets here that seemingly opened up
1: yeah I mean Chris Hogan apparently would be a guy that if you could get value on, you're really gonna have to like I mean
0: well, do you like Chris Hogan at this point do you like him Tell me a player that you don't like Chris Hogan more than, okay, or just tell me do you, yes or no, do you like him more than these players Josh dachson
1: that's very close, but I'll say no
0: you don't like him more than Josh daxon, no. Kenny Stills nope. Jamison Crowder.
1: Yeah, I like him more than Crowder.
0: Emmanuel Sanders.
1: Probably not. No, probably not. I, the only okay. reason is I H- gonna, Hogan. I don't think you're gonna like. Him I don't. That. I just. Yeah. I worry about Hogan. Maybe I should with all the, all these other guys. I just, is Hogan really gonna play all season? You know what I mean. i just always worried about that guy being banged up. But I, I mean, that's the that's the perfect tier.
0: So, would you rather have just let me figure this out? So, would you rather have um, Chris Hogan or Isaiah Crowell? Hogan. Chris Hogan or Marshawn Lynch?
1: Probably Marshawn Lynch.
0: Okay, I think this is dialed in now. I just I moved I moved uh, Josh Doxson and Chris Hogan both up a few spots. Got Jamison Crowder moved down a little bit. Um, and then what about what about Julian Edelman? I, I I mean to me in a PPR you have to be thinking about Julian Edelman around the time that I mean do you have to be thinking ab- about him now around the time that you're thinking about. Oh, Brandon Cooks?
1: Oh, I'd like him before Brandon Cooks. And right now... All right.
0: What about Sammy Watkins?
1: I think you got to like Julian Edelman more. Especially right now, you've got to bake in a sliver of the possibility that maybe gets traded.
0: Oh, right. All right. So what about... Do you like Edelman more than Dez? Yeah. Do you like him more than Devin Funches? Yep. Do you like him more than Golden Tate? No. Yeah, you don't. I think.
1: Yeah, I do.
0: Do you like him more than Evan Ingram? Yep. Really? All right. Do you like him more than Marvin Jones? Yeah. Do you like him more than Deshaun Watson?
1: Pro- <laughs> That's closer. <laughs> Probably just – I mean, that's – I don't know. That's probably –
0: More than the black anaconda, Josh Gordon.
1: Yeah, I think you have to.
0: Okay, well, we can't get him up that high, but I know where we're going to get him. We're going to move Julian Edelman up to where we're going to get some exposure. But we're going to still keep him – we're going to still hopefully – be able to. I can't get the exposure level on him too high because look, the way that the cheat sheet is made is that at the end of the third round and during the entire fourth round, unless Deion Lewis, well, I'll, I'll say this: from the end of the third round through basically halfway through the fifth round, we're going to be taking wide receivers, or we're going to be taking possible elite tight ends that fall to us, or elite quarterbacks that fall to us through 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 there because that's just the way that value falls. Um, unless unless Deion Lewis creeps into the, like, pick 5.04 or something like that, I think that he's fine in best ball if he, if he gets that far. But So I can't get Julian Edelman up that high in this tier, but I'm going to get him at the bottom of this tier to where we're going to be taking Julian Edelman before we start selecting running backs like the Jay Ajayis, the Alex Collinses, the Duke Johnsons of the world, the Chris Thompsons, et cetera. Um, uh, as our kind of running back, you know, our running back fours and stuff like that. I want to get Julian Edelman as my low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three before I start getting into running back fours like a Jay Collins, Duke well, Johnson. I, I et think cetera. those
1: guys all sound if that's if those are the running backs we're talking about. I think all that sounds just like the right area. I like Julian Edelman, and I certainly like all those running backs, especially if you're talking about at RB four.
0: Yeah, well, back into RB three or RB four. But, yeah, totally, man. I think that that's – I kind of think that that's where we are. But do you know what? I think the 2018 is going to be the year of two big dog running backs. And then I think your running back three is going to feel a little bit thin. It's just going to be whether you hit, whether it's the Chris Thompson that hits, whether it's like pre-draft, whether you can get the Nick Chubb or the Sony Michelle, you know, if they get to good landing spots, if one of those guys hits, you know, if the Tariq Cohen hits. You know, if Alex Collins manages to stave off any uh, ma- major competition, he could really hit as a running back three that has, you know, high-end running back two upsides. But I don't think that you could be taking any of those guys through the end of the third round to, until pick, like, 5.04. At least as how things shape up right now uh, on the best ball cheat sheet available to our pro members at rosterwatch.com. Was, was there anything else best ball-wise you wanted to talk about before we get out of here?
1: Well, we could save it for the next one. I wanted to get into the Jets offense and the Packers offense why don't we save that for the next uh podcast you guys quit being donks don't be fish in your best ball drafts this is maniacal effort and a whole shitload of intelligence baked in by Alex (laughs) yeah
0: well by by all of us it's just all I do is I help in uh, assimilating this and putting it together by the time the draft season rolls around We'll have Byron on board. We'll have me on board. We'll have the whole Roster Watch crew on board, cranking out updates to the cheat sheet virtually every single day as we go into another winning season. That will bring an end to this episode of the Roster Watch podcast. Again, guys, please go and give us a rating and a review. If you want the podcast to come more often, we pay a bunch of attention to it. And so if we see 10 reviews and 10 you know new ratings come in this week, you guys will get two podcasts next week. We promise you that. So, for Byron Lambert, for the Trash Man, for the Robot Genius and all of Roster Watch Nation, my name is Alex Dunlap. This has been the Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. We will see you next time.